0: Hello, this is Andrew Gamson, and it's my privilege to welcome you to the Speaking for Him podcast. You know, at the beginning of this year of 2020, there were a lot of memes uh, that poked fun at the fact that we were finally in the 20s again. Uh, and one of the things that was most funny to me was uh, the meme that said, "After 2020, we will all be saying hindsight is 2020." Well, here we are at the end of 2020 on the precipice of 2021 and the title of my podcast episode today is indeed Hindsight is 2020 and it's been quite a ride, folks. I'm sure uh, most of you agree that this year did not go the way we anticipated, um, but I hope you also agree that God was with us every step of the way. So what I have planned for today is a retrospective show a look back at 2020 uh, on the Speaking for Him podcast, and I hope that you will enjoy it, and I hope that you will um, be blessed by what you are hearing today. I hope that you're having a, a blessed and wonderful holiday season, even if it's taking a little bit different shape than you were expecting. And we'll get into the main topic of our show in just a few minutes. But first of all, I want to share with you what is going on. Okay, I actually have, uh, as per the usual lately, a couple different uh, stories to share with you. And the first one comes from the pro-life world, and this was brought to my attention actually through um, Ken Ham on social media. My father saw this on Ken Ham's page and shared it. It says that an Argentinian pro-abortion activist has created a modification for the famous 1990s video game Doom in which a player completes the game by shooting an unborn baby with a shotgun. Once the player has killed the unborn baby, the game displays the message, um, you def- you defeated uh, Little Fetus. Um, Give this uh, drug use for medical abortion to those in need so they may defeat it too. And um, I wouldn't have believed this was true um, any other year but 2020, but nothing surprises me anymore. I did find evidence of this um, on the website where the article was, and I'll post the link if you want to check this out further. Um, But I saw the link, uh, the video. It actually showed some of what actually transpires in this video game, and it made me sick. But I share it with you here today to just remind you of the depravity of man and the fact that we desperately need a savior, and that is Jesus Christ, who we have been celebrating this Christmas season. Uh, So I hope and pray that you will continue to pray uh, for those who are blinded to the issue of abortion as murder. Um, God breathed into us the breath of life. And so all a human life is sacred. And so I hope that you will carry that into 2021 and we will continue to love one another and act in compassionate ways. But it's just amazing to me how, how blinded we are and how much of a field day the devil is having in society and particularly with this, uh, specific issue, the issue of abortion, and I know not everybody that is pro-choice um, would have a, a feeling that this was okay, I'm not trying to say that at all, I'm just trying to say that the God of this world um, is alive and well, we need to pray for those who are not um, in the right frame of mind as far as um, accepting God's plan for human life. And really it's a foundational thing to everything that we uh, are trying to accomplish as a society because if we don't value the life of those who are weakest among us, we will have a real hard time valuing, valuing anything else in society and having a proper view of what we are called here to do, which is is to serve God and to love other people. As my friend Cherie Williams always says, love God, and love others. So I want to encourage you to do that as well. All right, well, we continue in the great state of Michigan to deal with various issues related to coronavirus lockdowns. Uh, We still have all of the restaurants closed, but the latest executive order does provide for the ability for movie theaters and bowling alleys to open.
1: It has been a tough year for movie theaters. In Michigan, they've been forced to close for most of the year. But tonight, people can once again go to the movies with some safety guidelines in place. 13 On Your Sides, Nate Belt, has details.
2: Movie theaters are back and just in time for some big releases.
3: We're able to reopen both for some holiday movies and for the Christmas season.
2: When theaters were allowed to open for a brief time in the fall, Celebration Cinema established new safety measures. And Emily Loke says they worked perfectly.
3: Both in Michigan theaters and across the country, there weren't any cases of spread of COVID within a theater amongst uh, staff or patrons in the theater space.
2: Just like in the fall, you'll be in assigned seats that are socially distanced from the person next to you. However, these are going to have to stay on throughout the entire movie.
3: New for this reopening is that masks, here we go, are required... 100% of the time in theaters.
2: That means no snacks or drinks during the movie, but you can still buy them to go. Loke says the closures have been tough on the employees, so she feels good about getting them back to earning a paycheck.
3: Our team matters a lot to us. There's a lot of highly skilled and valuable people and being able to put them back to work ahead of the holidays. And as we move into 2021 is just, you know, pointing towards this light at the end of the tunnel.
2: And though some major movie releases are still being delayed or sent straight to streaming services, Lokes believes just getting the doors back open is the first step in the right direction.
3: All of these things are about moving towards uh, what we all remember and are hoping for to happen soon again.
2: In Grand Rapids, Nate Belt, 13 on your side
0: and there is a certain level of excitement to that because it does uh, bring things back to a certain level of normalcy. There's a couple things that are interesting about it, however, you probably noticed in the news story. First of all, that you are not allowed to eat in the movie theater, so if you want to get concessions, you can get them after the movie and carry them out with you. And the second thing is that you have to mask up for the entire time that you are in the theater um, even when you're sitting socially distant in whatever auditorium that you are in. Now, for me, I think it's great that the movie theaters are able to open up again, but it would be very difficult for me to enjoy a movie for two and a, two to two and a half hours should we have to mask up in order to make that happen. So I don't know that I will be going to movie theaters anytime soon, but I would really like to get your feedback. On what you think about this, maybe you have given it a try and you can let me know what your experience was, how it felt maybe to sit in the theater and to watch a movie with a mask on for that two to two and a half hour uninterrupted period of time. Along those lines, I'm really praying for local restaurateurs that they would be able to open their doors before too long. Uh, I know it really... uh, is a big deal for restaurants to be closed and I know that you can do um, carry out or delivery, but some of the smaller restaurants in particular aren't really set up for that. So continue to pray for small business owners and support those that you know. I'm sure they would appreciate it as this year comes to a close and as we approach a brand new year. Well, it is 2020 and it is the end of 2020 and I thought that for the very first time we would spend the majority of an episode looking back on the year that was. And so uh, I have compiled some clips from uh, the shows that we have done in 2020 and so here is how we started the year way back in January.
4: Hello and welcome to Speaking for Him, the very first of this brand new year 2020. I'm Dan Van Zalen and here's your host, Andrew Gommison.
0: Hello, Dan. I'm glad to be with you and I'm glad to be with all of you who may be listening. I don't know if any of you have made uh, New Year's resolutions for 2020. I hope they're going well. Um, if you had leftover cookies from the holidays, they might munch, not munch,
4: munch, munch, munch. be going that
0: well but uh i um we're not actually going to talk about resolutions today i just wanted to throw that out there at the beginning of the show um but i do want to talk about the new year and the theme of the new year is uh new things that the scripture talks about and that was how we began the year we were full of optimism and excitement for what the year would hold i'm always excited to begin a new year and see what the lord has to share and I, Obviously, um, it's interesting looking back on that because back when that was recorded, I was in the studios of JQ99. I was with my co-host Dan. Everything was as per normal. And another thing that was very normal for me was to cover um, Master Arts Theater uh, main stage productions on the podcast. Well, the last main stage production that was put forth at Master Arts was one called Father Brown. And I have a little clip of an interview that I did with Randy Burkhart, the director, way back then. What would you say is is a particular highlight of this particular script and show as you understand it? I know you talked a little bit about how... G.K. Chesterton's work has always been of interest to you, but what interests you particularly about the script? Um,
4: it's a you know, well, it's good. It's a good whodunit. Um, there's there are classic, um, you know, classic whodunit elements into it, uh, in it, Um, and you, uh, in fact, this playwright. Has combined a few of the Father Brown stories together, um, taken elements of various um, Father Brown mysteries, and actually, you know, a couple of the mysteries are solved through the course of a single play. Um, So we cover, you know, we cover a bit of ground in that respect. Um, But then there's also a kind of a central story um, story storyline that that flows through the whole thing. um, That. I suppose, in a way, leaves you uh, wondering until the very end, and so there's, there's a little bit of a twist on the on the classic Who Done It. Uh, so that that's interesting. Um, you know, there's a wonderful, uh, well, Father Brown, the character of Father Brown um, has the opportunity to, um, you know, as I said before, there's a little bit of autobiography. I think. Um, So, Father Brown expresses, I think, some of the views of GH Chesterton himself, um, as for example, particularly in respect to kind of his views on human nature, um, views on um, sort of the the nature of God, even, you know, so there are some hints at some profound kind of philosophical and theological questions um, that uh, Father Brown in particular, in his conversations with his arch nemesis, um, Flambeau, um, they sort of debate some of these questions, um, throughout the play. Uh, so, for example, um, you know, the nature of, uh, on, on the nature of God, um, and maybe the nature of the eternal, um, you know, on the one hand, you have a very materialist understanding. Um, that the laws of nature are, you know, are all there is, or that there is, um, you know, there's nothing beyond kind of what we can observe with our senses. Um, and Father Brown, would, you know, as with G.K. Chesterton, of course, would, would deny that, that there is, um, there is something beyond
5: what we can observe our, with our senses.
0: And there you have a little clip of my interview with Randall Burkhart about Father Brown. And as I said, that was the last theater production that we were able to gather in the building to do. And so it's been really hard for Master Arts Theater along with other community theaters to stay afloat and to try to stay motivated during this time when we can't get together for conventional theater. I hope that some of you have taken advantage of the uh, virtual Christmas show. Um, It's available on the Master Arts website. It's available until December 31st. So even if you are looking for something to do in this uh, week between Christmas and New Year's and you want to support the theater, go on over to masterarts.org and check out this virtual Christmas special for $5, we'll get you the link to the virtual um, show. And if you purchase it, you will be able to watch it as many times as you want between now and New Year's Eve. All right. Well, as we progressed through 2020, as you know, in March, um, we started uh, doing uh, locking down for the coronavirus in earnest, and as a part of that, I was sent home from the Potter's House Christian High School, and I also knew that I couldn't go in to the studio to record my podcast. Now, at the time that we were told to go home and and stay in place, I still had um, two shows uh, pre-recorded, ready to go uh, to share with you all. So I had at least three weeks where I didn't have to make any major decisions about the podcast, but as you know, that lockdown and the closures of things, um, was stretched from three to six to nine to for all many intents and purposes, like 12 weeks where there really wasn't anything open. And so I really had to make a decision after that third week, do I put the show on hiatus Or do I keep going and do I learn how to do it from home? And I'm thankful that on the first Friday of April, I was able to come to you from my home studio, um, thanks to some equipment that my brother had given me a few years earlier and do my first podcast at home. And that was my review of, um, I still believe. And that is the Jeremy camp story, how he dealt with the death of his first wife, and then how he met his second wife and started raising a family with her. The Story of Hope, a story that I was planning to go into the theaters to see when it came out, but it ended up only being in theaters for one weekend before the theaters closed. And here are some of my thoughts on that movie. I just really appreciated it. I appreciated the fact that Jeremy made the decision early on even though he knew she was sick to to marry her and to be there for her and to walk with her through this difficult time I think so often in today's culture um, we forget the part about the vows that says for richer for poorer, for better for worse in sickness and in health um, and forsaking all others till death do us part uh, we forget about that because we're we're kind of conditioned, even I think, uh, to a degree in the church, to this idea that as long as it fulfills yeah. me, I will stay in. But if it doesn't fulfill me, then I'm out, and that is not a very good uh, place to be. And yet we find ourselves uh, there often. And so I think it's important to have something that reinforces. The biblical hey, I'm in it for the long haul, and and when you're in it, um, when there's trouble to begin with, when when you're both, when you already know there's a struggle and you go for it anyway, uh, that's that's a big testimony to God and it's a big blessing to both individuals. All right, the next thing that happened on this road of memories for 2020 that was significant was I celebrated 400 episodes in June. And I remember thinking how frustrating it was at that time to be planning a 400th episode when I didn't have access to my studio, to the studios of JQ99, Joy99, and thinking... It would be such a better show if I could have a full studio of friends and family and just enjoy celebrating that. But thankfully, due to the technology known as Zoom, I was able to have all three of the men who have served as executive producers for the Speaking for Him podcast uh, in its eight year history on the 400th show. And we had a really good time of fellowship and just talking about what God had done. We had a nice trip down memory lane. And here are some of the thoughts of my first and longest running executive producer, Adam McNutt.
1: Oh my goodness. You know, it's crazy when you said that it was eight years, I almost grabbed for some lotion to like put on my crow's feet because I didn't camp (laughs) on that long already. That's insane. Um, Gosh, but it's been such a fun ride. Um, man, I was thinking back to all the different shows we've done, and when you reached out to me last week about, like,
6: coming on and
1: talking about stuff, I'm like, we we got to do some really fun stuff, and for the Lord on top of it, which is just icing on the cake. So it's been an incredible ride, and, man, you're making me miss it. It's not fair.
0: Well, I like I said, now it's easier than ever for us to collaborate. So we should do that from time to time. So do you have any specific uh, memories that particularly stick out to you when you think about it, Adam?
1: Oh, for sure. Um, I'd have to say, if I thought back to, like, my favorite show, um, there was something really special. And I, I love that you put it in the highlight reel, the one where we had the host Chris and Emily... On the show, Um, I tell you what, uh, there was always fun energy in the studio, but there was something extra that night that was so great. I think, gosh, personally, I laughed like ten minutes after we stopped recording. um, It was it was so much fun, so high energy. Loved every second of it. Um, Also, I loved the show where we had. And oh, please throw something at the Zoom camera if I'm getting this wrong, but. Um, I think his name was was Uncle Charlie,
0: right? Yes, yes. Is it Keys for Kids? Yes, Uncle Charlie was on the show a few years ago, and I actually also did a tribute podcast about him after he passed away. I feel so privileged to have that podcast interview in our archives because – People like him only come along once in a generation if we're lucky. And, uh, he was just a special man. And, um, you know, I don't usually cry when I hear that people died that I didn't know very well personally, but Uncle Charlie was the type of person. Number one, he made me want to minister for the Lord. So he is indirectly responsible for what speaking for him has become. Number two, Uh, He was everybody's uncle for worldwide for 50-plus years. And so he took that very seriously. And whenever I did see him, he always remembered me. He didn't forget who I was. I remember when I went to a a summer rally stop, the week I was on the show, the week they broadcast the show that I was on, he saw me in the audience and he pointed it out to the crowd that was gathered there that I – had been on the show that week, and that another gentleman, who incidentally was a church friend of mine, who was in CBH at the time, was singing the song that I sang on the radio that week in the live rally. So I will, so I will never forget the impact that he had on my life. So it was definitely a big deal to me uh, to have mm. that interview. So I definitely agree. Mm. I'm really enjoying these memories. I hope that you are as well. And I'm just excited to see what 2021 will have to, sh- have to show us. I do have a few more memories to share. Um, but first of all, I wanted to share with you, um, a song that I heard just yesterday, um, as of this recording. And I have already listened to it, I think, two and a half to three times. Uh, this is the song, Mary Did You Know, and th- this is a children's choir in Utah, and just enjoy this song, Mary Did You Know. It's Hard to Beat the Original by Mark Lowry and Buddy Green. Um, they both recorded it as solo artists. They're both good. Mark Lowry's always been a favorite, but that children's choir uh, just really nailed it, and I just really enjoyed it. And it's interesting, that verse that says, The blind will see, the deaf will hear, the dead will live again. And there was at least one blind child... In the choir, and it was just very moving to me. So I hope that you enjoyed that. And now we're going to get back to my list of the best of 2020. All right, so fast forward a couple weeks from the 400, and I was able to get a Roadcaster Pro complete podcaster studio. Um, And that is what I use now to record the podcast. That's why I'm able to include so many clips in my show now, and I'm very grateful for it. So here's a little clip from the first show in which I did that. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Speaking for M podcast. My name is Andrew Gamson, of course, your host, and I'm very grateful to be with you today. Also grateful to let you know that I am recording for the first episode on my Roadcaster Pro podcast studio. And with this acquisition and the fact that it is so intuitive and I've been able to learn it pretty easily, I can make the official announcement that I will be um, keeping the podcast home uh, from now on. I will no longer be returning to the studios of WJQ, for my podcast and so with that being said I need to say a profound thank you to Brad Lanzer and Lanzer Entertainment and all of the people involved in making my show a reality Adam McNutt, Chad Cashman and Daniel Van Zelen, um, just to name three and I am so excited to continue to bring you a high quality podcast from my home and a hopefully even ratchet up the quality with some of the things I'm able to do uh with this Rodecaster Pro. I've heard great things from friends of mine that I respect as well as online reviews, so the future looks bright. The next thing the next clip I want to share is really a show that was kind of born out of my new format of being able to do the show once a week. You know, there's a lot of times when I would want to comment on a current event or a news story that was relevant um, at the time that I heard it. And I would feel awkward to go into the studio and talk about it because it could be um, two or three weeks before it actually was able to be posted because of the way I used to record. But now I can record every week and that allows me to talk about current events. And one of those current events was dealing with the issue of dangerous parents which is what uh, a high school teacher um emphasized to uh about teachers going into the fall he was worried about teacher about parents unduly influencing their kids when they were being taught in virtual classrooms as if teachers somehow had greater authority to teach the kids than the parents themselves. And of course, I um, felt called to address this on a show. I'd encourage you to go back and listen to the show in its entirety. But here's just a little bit of what I said. Oh, well, essentially what I've been thinking about today is the need to clarify from the Word of God what parents are called to do, specifically as it pertains to teaching their children. I want to zero in, if you will, to a couple things that were said. First of all, he basically said that parents were going to cause problems for his teaching. And then one of the people that was responding to him said, parents are dangerous. And if you look at this Twitter thread, you can see that these things actually were written down on Twitter before this this thread was made private, um, and the screenshots are on the video, which, as I said, I will share um, with you in the uh, blog post for this podcast. So you'll want to go over to speakingforhim.blogspot.com to find that. So I want to just look at a couple points from the Word of God about how important it is for parents to be the primary teachers of your kids. And I think it's important to note that whether you choose to homeschool your children, whether you choose to private school your children, or whether you choose to public school your children, it does not advocate, you do not abdicate this responsibility to them. The Bible does not allow for that. So we need to make sure that we know that we are following the Bible and not following the the world. And so I was really excited to be able to share that story in real time as it affected me. And that's just one of the really amazing things that being able to podcast here at home has allowed me to do. I have to tell you that when this whole thing first started happening, um, my second biggest fear uh after uh, losing my paycheck from school or losing the ability to go to school was what will happen to my podcast and i and i have to say that it's probably the biggest area of growth for me uh the fact that i was able to uh learn all about editing and learn to do editing myself and then learn how to add audio clips into audio and then find this equipment, the Roadcaster Pro, which allows me to add the audio clips into the original recording so that editing is much less. And I think I've become much more relaxed in being able to do the show myself knowing that I have the power to edit. Uh, it takes a lot of pressure off. And so I just, I really thank God for the growth that he allowed in this area of my life, despite the fact that it came in, or in a way that I didn't anticipate or didn't appreciate at the time and I think th- that's kind of the the actual I, I want to say sad reality and from a human perspective it probably is sad but it, it, it is it's it's the the actual reality is that we learn best through suffering we learn best uh, through um hard times. And so this podcast has been no exception this year of 2020. I'm sure we've all been through hard times. I asked, uh, if people, if there was anything they wanted to share on this particular podcast about that, no one took me up on that offer, but I think that we can go into 2021 and still be sharing those at least for the early part of the year. So if there is something uh that happened in 2020, Uh, That you thought was going to be a bad thing, but actually turned out to be a growth thing. Um, then please feel free to let me know. You can either, you know, leave a voicemail on the right hand side of the blog by clicking the microphone, or you can leave me an email or a message on the Facebook page. And all that information will be running at the end of the show. So make sure that you avail yourself of that and let us know how 2020 has been a benefit to you and how God has brought good out of something that maybe the devil intended for evil. The Bible says we know all things work together for good, for those that love God, for those who are called according to his purpose. And I really feel like 2020 was the perfect opportunity to learn that, even though I didn't want to learn the lessons that it taught. I was grateful for them nonetheless. All right, well, this this next clip may be... One of my fa- from one of my favorite episodes of the entire year of 2020. Uh, because I don't know if you know this about me, but I always try to find new people to interview on the podcast that will be a benefit to myself and to my listeners. And I- I always want to raise the bar for the podcast, to try to raise the bar every year. And so one of the things that I do as a content creator is reach out to people to try to schedule interviews so that you will have fresh, pertinent content that you will enjoy and that your family will be benefited from. And often I kind of reach for the stars when that comes to that. I've reached out to several um, well-known names in the Christian world seeking interviews. And often what happens when this happens is I'll get an email from someone in their office saying they don't really have time to schedule you, probably because they don't know me from Adam. And so that's what I'm used to receiving. Uh, well, I had started, I don't know, maybe six months to a year ago to listen to, or maybe a little bit more than that, to listen to this uh, a podcast called the Sports Spectrum Podcast. And it was hosted by Jason Romano, who used to be an executive producer for the Mike and Mike show, the morning show on ESPN radio. Very well known show, very popular show. As a matter of fact, Mike and Mike went to the Broadcasters Hall of Fame just a couple of years ago. And I had heard him give little snippets of his testimony Throughout the podcast, I think I heard him interviewed on another podcast, and I just really wanted to reach out to him to see if I could get an interview, and I expected the same response. I expected someone from his big office, how naive I was, but I expected someone from his big office to tell me that he didn't have time to record, but it turns out Jason actually responded to his own email, and he responded to me same day, and we scheduled an interview, and what you're about to hear is a clip from that. And I just really appreciate Jason's heart for God and for faith and the fact that God is allowing him to integrate his love for sports with his love for the Lord Jesus in his current job with Sports Spectrum. All right, so now you're at ESPN. You're kind of at the pinnacle of success in your chosen field um, because of where you're at. But you decide to pivot um, to Sports Spectrum, um, and how do you decide to go from ESPN and pivot over to this um, opportunity with Sports Spectrum?
6: Yeah, Andrew, thank you. And I remember, by the way, the radio show Chuck Swirsky was the host, and it was uh, it was uh something I didn't listen a lot to, but I knew about. So it's kind of ironic now that you know we're here in 2020 with the podcast. This was not an easy decision by any means. Um, in fact, it was not, it was not something I was pursuing or looking for, to be quite honest with you. Uh, I mean, I was 15 years into my job at ESPN and, uh, you know, I was working at ESPN. Like I used to tell people we got to play in the toy department every single day, you know, got to go in the sandbox and play with the toys at ESPN every single day. So why would you want to leave that? Right. But Somewhere around mid to late 2015, uh, a couple things were going on. I probably was at the toughest point in my journey at ESPN as far as culture, people I was working with. I still liked my job, but it was a, a rough patch, we'll say, for a couple months. Not that bad. I mean, I still loved what I was doing, but there were some things going on. I was like, man, I wonder what it would like to switch jobs. Not necessarily ESPN, but maybe it's time to switch jobs or do something else. And uh, I found myself at a conference in Nashville, Tennessee, in July of 2015. And I was asked to speak to a group of social media experts, which was the job that I was doing at ESPN at that time, social media producer, director. But the people who I was speaking to all worked for churches, nonprofits, faith-based organizations. And we're doing the same work I was doing. So I share my story. I share a little bit of the testimony that I just shared with you. I share about the job at ESPN, what my role entailed. And uh, and then I get to meet these people and talk to them. And I realized, wait a minute, they're doing the same job I'm doing, but for a greater purpose. At least in my eyes, it was a greater purpose because they're working in ministry. And that's where I kind of just had the first thoughts of maybe it was something I might want to pursue. I don't know what that meant. I don't know what that looks like working in ministry, but maybe that's something to think about. And, uh, so that was the beginning of maybe where God was starting to tug on my spirit a little bit about leaving, but it wasn't until 2016, 2016, four years ago now. Wow. I got a call from a guy named Steve Stenstrom and, uh, we were texting or DMing on Twitter and, uh, he says, hey, Jason, um, we just purchased a ministry called Sports Spectrum. You ever heard of it? I said, absolutely. Sports and faith. He goes, yeah. Uh, would you ever have any interest in coming and working with us with this Sports Spectrum brand? And so I said, well, what would I be doing? He's like, well, we really want to rebuild this brand up. So it's been a brand for 35 years, but it's 2016 at that time. We really want to kind of take it into the next stage of digital content you know, podcasting, website, that type of stuff. And we'd love to have you kind of spearhead that effort and lead it. I said, okay, that's interesting. Maybe this is where God wants me to go. I said, uh, what else? And he said, well, we want you to host and produce a podcast. And I said to him, I don't think you have the right guy. And he goes, why? I said, because I haven't, I haven't hosted anything. And this is the truth. I had not hosted anything since college. And that was 20 years prior. So I had worked coming out of college behind the scenes as a producer since 1997 until 2016. So I thought I was a pretty good producer and I kind of, you know, did my job there at ESPN and all that, but I had not hosted anything. But Steve said something to me. He goes, Jason, you worked with the best hosts sports broadcasting has to offer. Mike and Mike, Chris Berman, Bob Lee, Stuart Scott. Kevin DeGandhi, Jay Harris, Sage Steele, Linda cohen like all of these legends, you worked with them all. So you know how to do interviews. I said, okay. And to be honest with you, Andrew, my dream when I was in college was to host my own sports show. I hadn't done that. And I kind of gave up on that dream, but God has a funny way of laughing at us when, you know, we give up on something or don't think that there's another opportunity. And this is where sports spectrum came in and I was offered a position. Now, let me, explain the scenario here. It was a 40% pay cut. It was no benefits. It was leaving the ESPN Disney giant, right? Beast that is ESPN for this very small ministry of 12 people, which was based in Denver, Colorado is based in Denver, Colorado. And I'm here in Connecticut. Part of the agreement in me leaving was that I wouldn't have to move to Colorado. My family was here. My wife wanted to stay here. My daughter's in high school here. We didn't want to pull all that out and move to Colorado if we didn't have to. And my boss agreed. And he's like, if you're willing to leave ESPN, we would love to have you. And so I left February 10th, 2017, which is my last day at ESPN. Uh, it's a leap of faith, a lot of prayer, a lot of discussion. I could go on for another half hour about the process of actually saying yes. But I just felt like it was from God. And I knew if it wasn't from God, the door would shut very quickly upon leaving. But the door has swung wide open since I left. Opportunities have come, writing books, hosting podcasts, building this brand up. It's been three and a half years. We have two million downloads of the podcast. Uh, you know, our website gets traffic that reached in the couple million range last year and uh, continuing to build, you know, that out having ideas for expanding that sports spectrum. God's been so good and uh, I would not trade it for anything. I'm so glad that he called me to sports spectrum and.
0: And many thanks to Jason Romano for that interview. As I said, it was just a thrill to be able to talk to him about sports and about life and just to enjoy having a conversation with a brother in Christ uh, who is also an accomplished broadcaster who is doing the things that I enjoy doing and that I aspire to do as I move forward for the kingdom of God. So many thanks, Jason, and a happy new year to you and yours. All right, well, I want to end uh, this highlight reel, this journey through 2020 with another one of those timely episodes uh, that I was able to do. Uh, because I'm here at home. A few weeks back, uh, in the Atlantic, was published an article by a man who said that he believed that after after 75, uh, living is not that important. That anything you do after 75 is basically something old and decrepit and not worth doing. And I, of course... Don't believe that because I believe that all of life has a purpose. So here's a clip from that show when I addressed his article. And in this first clip, Jen really gets to the heart of the matter and talks about something that I as a disabled person understand.
3: I understand fearing the idea of being in a declining physical condition. Of course, we all do. But we need to be very careful about letting that fear lead us to say things like, if I were in a compromised physical condition, my life would no longer be worth living because there are probably people out there who have a disability, a lifelong disability, that you that you are fearing. And if you are saying my life definitely would not be worth living if I were in that place, well, what are you saying about your neighbor who's maybe 30 and living with a very similar condition every day? It's a dangerous mentality.
0: And that is Jen Fulweiler again on This Is Jen talking about the dangerous mentality that you have of saying, I don't want to get to a place where I am unproductive, where I'm suffering daily, where I have certain impediments. As long as I'm young and, and can be productive, then it's okay. But I don't want to get to the place where I am not productive. Where I don't have anything to offer. And the problem with the worldly view of things is that everybody has their own subjective standard for what productive means. Everybody has their own personal standard for what that means. So, as long as you in the eyes of society are productive, it's okay to be alive, to enjoy life. But the minute that's over, you should just be gone. That's what this person is saying. And as a disabled man, I can so relate to what Jen is saying here. Because I have had discrimination in my life. I have had people not realize what I am capable of, or imply at least that my life was not worth living, but you don't know the quality of my life. And the thing is, in order to have a high quality of life, what do we need? We need a purpose. And where do we get that purpose? That purpose is found in the fact that God began a good work in me. And that he'll be faithful to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. That it's God's work to be completed. It's not my job to decide when my life ends or when I get to go to the next life. That's not my job. That is... The job and the purview of the God who created me. And there you have my reflections on 2020 through clips of the podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this journey. I've enjoyed um, sharing it with you and I hope that it's a blessing to you. And I hope that it encourages you to listen in 2021. I just had a couple uh, other things that I wanted to mention. Uh, First of all, I forgot earlier in the episode to share my quote of the day. So I want to share that with you now. The quote of the day is, Stand in awe of Him and be grateful for each and everything that God has blessed you with. And that was by Robert Woger. And I really hope that in this year of 2020 with all the negative things that have been going on, that you have been able to find things uh, that God has blessed you with. Let me give you an example for me right here. Um, right before I came in to record this episode, I received a care package in the mail from two very dear friends at the Potter's House. And I'm very thankful for each of these ladies and, and their influence in my life through the discipleship ministry of the potter's house school and that care package from each of them meant a whole lot. And I just wanted to say publicly. Thank you to, uh, these ladies to Maria and Patty. Um, you guys have been prayer partners for me, uh, over the last several years. And I'm so grateful, uh, that even though we haven't been able to see each other and spend time for, with one another. That I've been in your thoughts and prayers. It means a whole lot, and so I just wanted to share that appreciation. And there's so many other people too that I could that I could think, um, remember uh, a couple of weeks ago when I did my uh, favorite Christmas movies of all time. I talked about. The song in White Christmas, count your blessings instead of sheep, and you'll fall asleep counting your blessings. That really is my desire for you. And then the final thing that I wanted to share before I say goodbye to you in 2020 and um, join you again next week to greet 2021, I just wanted to share with you that there was a website that I just found uh, that is actually a subsidiary of... Focus on the Family and Avengers and Odyssey. And I will include the link on the blog post. And it has the, the actors who play Connie, Witt, and Jason Whitaker uh, reading the Bible. And it's a 30-day audio reading plan that you can join and enjoy with your family. So I hope that you'll take the opportunity to take advantage of that you'll want to get on the blog for this episode because I'll also have the YouTube link for the song that I shared earlier. And so you'll want to uh, avail yourself of the resources there. And, and like I said earlier, if you have any thoughts about this episode or how we can make the podcast better, I would really encourage you to reach out with the contact information that's about to roll and that you will um, participate in some way in the speaking for him podcast in 2021 thank you to all of you who have faithfully listened to and supported me through the years i'm looking forward to the future and i know that we can face tomorrow because he lives have a great week and keep serving the best of masters
1: thank you for listening to today's episode your host has been andrew Gomeson. Founder of Speaking for Him. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking the number four H I M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com/speakingforhim and on Twitter at speakingforhim. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review.